Hello. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, KB, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour, episode 67. Not a very special number, but it is a special episode. And I say that because as of tomorrow, I am flying to New Zealand where I am on vacation, which is awesome. It's been a year since I went to the US, so pretty stoked to get on to go on holiday again. Really looking forward to it. Um, a couple of years ago, I went, and that was the release of that was at the time that the Out of the Shadows movie was released uh, when I did an episode from over in New Zealand. I probably won't be doing an episode while I'm over there this time because nothing big's coming out or there's... I don't imagine there's anything special for me to talk about, but I thought before I go, I'd take the night and get another episode under my belt for this year. I was actually just looking back through the history of episodes... um, that I've released in the last couple of years. And as anyone who's been following me for the last couple of years would know, my production really dropped off last year. I only released two episodes in 2017, which is pretty sad. But good news, in 2015, I this is going to be my fifth episode released this year. So really happy about that. As always, trying to stay super productive. I've just put it... Put the final touches on a Ninja Turtle related quick hit that should be hitting in the next month or two. So keep an eye on my YouTube channel for that. Um, but I'll just get straight into the news uh, for this episode. Nothing real big has come out this past month news wise. Uh, it was announced that Rise of the TMNT comic book series will be released by IDW and Issue 0, which I will assume will just add as an introduction to the series, uh, starts in July. I didn't, I don't know if I saw the release date, I feel it was like 16th or something like that. But either way, it's coming in July, um, which is earlier than the show, which is starting in September. So this comic book will give us the first real taste of the show. Hopefully we get some new information out of this comic book with regards to any of the changes they make. We should hopefully get a feel for how the show's going to be. So I'm very interested to see that. The Amazing Adventures series wasn't carried locally by my comic book uh, provider here. So hopefully Rise of the TMNT will be released here. Um, And in saying that, Volume Three or ten, Ninja Turtles Volume Three, which uh, was done by Image Series, they re-released the first issue of that, which has been du- titled Urban Legends. So that first issue came out this past week, but my local store isn't carrying that either. So I'm gonna have to look to pick up that, and hopefully they do carry Rise of the TMNT books when they come out. It's always a pain in the butt because then I've got to go and order on eBay from the US and postage costs me stupid amounts just to send a couple of comic books. But being dedicated to the 
to the series like I am, I'll I'll end up picking them up. But I would rather just pick them up with my current uh, comic orders. At the moment, my comic book... I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but my comic book reading has really dropped off the last couple of years. I've sort of got back into it a little bit more the last month. Um, but yeah, I'm basically only ordering TMNT comics at this point. Um, I did just pick up the Captain America issue 700 and Batman, uh, Action Comics 1000. So maybe they'll spark up my... Uh, interest in getting back into DC and Marvel stuff, but at the moment I've still got a mountain of Turtle-related comics uh, to get through. But looking at the release schedule for the next month or two, it looks a little bit quiet on the Turtle comic book front, so hopefully when I get back from New Zealand I can really attack that pile, because with today's podcast I've just read issues 4 through 6, of the Batman Ninja Turtles 2 crossover. So, yeah, starting to dig a hole in, into the mountain of com- uh, turtle comic books I've got to get through. So, f- felt like a productive day. This week, I've, I've edited a bunch of... Well, I've edited three videos in preparation for my leave. So, when I come back... I'll, I'll start getting those posted, and I'm doing a podcast today. So this past week, I felt very productive. So it's all steam, you know, all forward from here. Um, and hopefully, the Ninja Turtle Power Hour is something that benefits from this productivity um, that is surging through me at the moment. So yeah, no real news. Rise of the TMNT comic book series coming. What's that? July. So two months away at this point. Uh, it'll be here before we know it, so I'm really interested in giving that a look over, and I may just do a standalone issue uh, episode of the podcast just for that, if there's enough sort of meat on the bone with regards to information and stuff, even if it's a shorter episode, we'll see how it goes, but I'll let you guys um, probably know on Twitter or something like that once I get that in. And Okay guys, this is an awkward cut-in into the episode I've been waffling on for the last 15-20 minutes only to discover that my microphone has been getting interference. So when I looked back at my recording feed, I noticed all this peaking and then I played it back and it was all... So I was like, awesome. I've just been talking to myself like a moron. So I don't know. I'm just going to leave this cut in here. Because I am a professional and I want you to see what goes on in the troubles that I face when things technically don't work. So I pretty much covered the whole of issue four uh, in quite a bit of detail. So I'm just going to now discuss that again. So if I'm brief at any point, I apologize for that. But this is merely frustration on my behalf that... Things did not go swimmingly. So anyway, Batman TMNT second crossover, issue four. Um, So yeah, this issue starts with April and Casey in the lair. They're trying to get in touch with the Turtles frantically while also trying to get um, their heads around the the portal, the trans-dimensional portal. Um, we then cross over to the scene at Stock Gen Labs, 
which is where we left off in the previous issue, issue three, where Venom and his, what, sorry, Bane and his Venom-fueled army is in a showdown with the Turtles and Batman and Robin. Um, Bane is trying to get them, trying to get the Turtles to submit to him, because at this point he's on a rampage of trying to take over every organization and, you know, be the king of New York, um, Obviously, the Turtles don't feel the need to to kneel to Bane, so they decline. The brawl breaks out, and during the melee, one of the interesting points I thought here uh, noticed here was that Bane uh, comments on sort of singles out Raphael and comments on his fiery spirit, and you could sort of see he's admiring the way Raphael is letting loose while he's fighting. Um, this leads to them going one-on-one for a bit. Um, and just to, I guess, jump ahead a little or a little segue here, I really feel they could have capitalized on the parallels between Bane's use of Venom and how it unleashes or feeds on the rage that's in him from his days of you know, being a prisoner and coming up from this horrible, you know, way of life, um, and sort of see how that parallels with Raphael and uh, in the IDW canon anyway, how he's sort of grown up, has separated from his brothers, and he has this fiery anger or this mean streak in him. And I thought they could have utilized, you know, these similarities and done a cool sort of, I guess, a bit of an arc with their two characters. But other than this scene where they uh, Bane notices Raphael's fighting spirit and them fighting, there's, it, they don't play up on it at all. And I just thought that was a, a little bit of a missed opportunity. Because as I'll get to in the, the wrap-up in issue 6, um, the only real arc... Here it goes through Donnie, which I think is a bit of a bit of a letdown. But you know, so be it. Maybe they'll, you know, this will play into a future storyline at some other point. But um, so yeah, during this battle, uh, Bane's getting the best of Raphael, and he's sort of holding Raphael aloft in the air, looking as if he's about to break his back as. Bane's known to do. Um, at this point, Splinter uh, intervenes, obviously wanting to to save his son from being decimated by the beast that is Bane. And after an exchange between Splinter and Bane, Splinter sort of gets free for a second and he's looking to tend to Raphael, who's beaten and bloodied on the ground. And Bane, being the nasty villain he is, grabs Splinter from behind and then just bashes him into the walls like a rag doll and then just leaves him looking seemingly broken and defeated on the ground in a bloody mess himself. Um, during this fight, Bane's been sort of swinging and missing and um, hitting the walls and sort of destroying the building. And much like Kevin Nash's Super Shredder in... Seeker of the Ooze, he brings the building down upon them. So, as the building 
or the roof is collapsing. The two sides are separated with Bane and his juiced up army on one side and the turtles and Batman's on the other side. So the turtles from this point, they're trying frantically to release Splinter from the wreckage as Bane and his goons are escaping. Um, We then go over to turtles who are back at the lair with April and co as they're attending to Splinter who things are not seeming too uh, positive for Splinter at this point with him being a broken mess. Um, And it's actually Mikey who makes the remarks of how they need to utilize their brains to overcome Bane's brawn. Uh, To which Donnie sort of makes kind of a jerkish remark of, you know, even with him and Batman's uh, intellects, uh, he can't see how they're going to be enough to take down Bane. Um, And he reveals that he's got some of Bane's venom and that they'll need to utilize it in order to become stronger if they wish to beat him. Uh, Batman and Leo disagree, um, sort of mentioning the side effects, uh, you know, too unpredictable and it's not worth it because they can, you know, lose their their minds. Um, But Raphael then sort of mentions that Donnie's got the right idea um, because I could picture a juiced up Raphael would be pretty unstoppable. Um, But yeah, the guys basically sort of talk Donnie into, you know, they'll take a rest for the night, they'll recoup, and they'll reconvene in the morning and come up with a plan. We then cross over to Karai and her sect of the still loyal Foot Clan members, which haven't joined Bane's group, and they're sort of discussing how all the criminal activity or all the criminal sects in the city are now under Bane's control, and he's on the hunt for a new headquarters. Uh, she's then pressing one of which I assume is Bane's uh, Foot Clan members um, and pressing him for information on where Bane's new hideout is going to be. At which point the Cl- Foot Clan member mentions that Bane's not looking to keep any secrets and sort of wants people to know where he is and what he's doing Um And that leads to a cool reveal of Bane atop the Statue of Liberty, which now is adorning a Bane mask on the statue. And we learn that that's his new headquarters, which is a a pretty cool image. And I thought a pretty cool, um, yeah, a pretty cool piece for the comic to do, uh, to really utilize in New York, because obviously different setting than Gotham, uh, having Bane in New York, on an iconic landmark uh, is basically a big loud statement to New York. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, We then go to the last page of the comic, which is a full page of Donatello. We see that he's all juiced up from the venom and he sort of lets out this rage-filled scream. And that's how we end issue four. So overall, pretty cool issue. Um... Again, jumping it, uh, jumping forward a little bit, issues four, th- five, and six, I definitely feel ramped up the story and the action a lot more than the first half of this crossover series. I think I made mention in the last podcast when I covered issues one through three that I 
was enjoying it, but I wasn't enjoying it as much as the first crossover, which overall I think still stands uh, in com- when comparing the two crossover series. Um, but I definitely think this second half of this series was a more enjoyable read than the first half. So uh, if you are reading this and you're feeling a bit eh, a bit a bit of readers fatigue in the first half of it, uh, it does pick up a little bit. So. I guess I don't know why I'm sort of suggesting that here, because if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably trying to avoid spoilers. If you haven't read it, you're probably not going to be listening to this episode anyway. So this is just redundant KB being redundant. Uh, But yeah, we'll cross over to issue five. Um, This issue starts with the Elite Guard um, coming across one of their destroyed bases um, at which point they're sort of like, hey, what's going on? And a venom-fueled Donnie bursts into the scene and sort of reveals how he's been systematically going from base to base and just destroying them. Um, and obviously an uncharacteristic Donnie here because he sort of makes mention to the guard about how he's going to rip them limb from limb, which is a very un-Donatello thing to say. Um as this is happening, Batman and Leo have seemingly been out looking for Donnie and they come in to break up the fight, uh, trying to talk Don down, basically, because um, they can see that he's succumbed to the rage that the, the Venom has unleashed in him. Um, we then this, epi- this issue sort of jumps uh, back and forth between different scenes a lot, so if I don't say things in order, that's... Just know that's why, because some scenes are covered in like half a page and then we're on to the next scene. But um, next scene, we get Raphael, sort of a solemn-looking Raphael, looking over his fallen, injured mentor and splinter. And we get a scene, a nice scene between him and Robin, um, who Robin sort of lets his guard down of being basically a brat for, for this part. And... I guess, uh, likens himself or, um, sort of, I guess, I don't know how to describe it, but he reveals to Raphael how he was growing up, he was taught to utilize his rage and to feed on it and to keep it, um, but that he always could rely on his father and mentor Batman, uh, to keep him centered and, you know, on the straight and narrow And he sort of saw the parallels between Raphael and Splinter. And we sort of get a moment between them of understanding, in which the reason we sort of see conflict in them is because they're they're sort of both so alike. So that was a cool little moment. Although later in issue six, um, it sort of, I guess, returns to their normal sort of dynamic. But I'll go over that a bit later. Um, while this is happening, we get April and Casey. Uh, they're still uh, trying to work on Don's portal, um, this time with instructions from Robin. Um, and they're using the tele- teleporter to get in contact with Gotham. So uh, to reveal, they basically reveal that they get in contact with the other side uh, so that they can take Splinter through to the, to the Lazarus pit and use that to heal him. Um, after some fighting between Batman and Leo and Donnie, um, Batman manages to get through to Donnie and basically say that 
the venom's not the way to go, and he needs to use his intellect in order to defeat Bane. Um, as strength is, you know, is not going to be enough. To, well, strength in this case isn't going to be enough, as they've got a massive army to overcome. Uh, Batman also reveals to Donnie and sort of speaks to his intellectual side by showing him some flaws in the Stockman brood venom because it's not as pure or not the same formula that it is in uh, the Gotham or Batman's dimension um, and that they need to use, they need Donatello's intellect uh, in order to capitalize on, on this new information. Um, we then cross over to Bane, who's sending out this big uh, broadcast over all of New York. It's on all televisions and telephone, uh, sort of mobile phones and that somehow, tablets. Uh, basically flexing his mu- uh, muscle, he's sort of waxing poetic um, and offering the, the, the people of, or the citizens of New York uh, power. And they'll be powerful if they join his army and, you know, basically look upon him and see how powerful he is. Uh, and if they decide not to join him, that he'll grind them into dust and threaten to destroy anyone who, who gets in his way. Um, and if they are down to join the cause, that they've just got to head on over to Liberty Island. Uh, back at the... Turtles Lair, uh, all the groups have regrouped. That we're now joined by Batgirl and Nightwing, um, and they sort of come back with a healed Splinter. As they were going to heal him, they sort of mentioned how the Lazarus Pit might be a bit much, uh, or you know, the Lazarus Pit leads men to go mad uh, after they come out of it. And that they may have issues with Splinter, but that sort of just glazed over. They come back with Splinter and he's all good. Um, Donnie then reveals that he's formulated this new anti-venom gas, which should work almost instantaneously to cancel out the effects of the venom. He then uses it on himself and returns back to the normal Donnie that we're used to. Kind of disappointed we didn't get to see a, a... juiced up Raphael, see him and Donnie sort of feeding off each other, going out and destroying him. But whatever, it was still cool to see a big hulked up Donatello. Um, And in the sense of his arc in the storyline, it makes more sense that that he'd go through this, um, go through this period of using the Venom. Um, Yeah, realizing that uh, even if they do, utilize this new anti-venom gas and take away all the juiced up power that Bane and his army has, they're essentially going to still be battling a massive army that's going to, you know, be too much for them to overcome. So in order to truly take away Bane's power, they need to take away his control over the Foot Clan and in order to do that, they need to bring in someone who's going to challenge Bane's authority. Someone who's, I don't want to say stronger than, well, they do say someone who's stronger than Bane, but I think they mean someone who strikes more fear or is more seen as more powerful. 
And that leads to the end of this issue where we find Batman showing up as Rikers Island, which is kind of funny to the idea of seeing Shredder in jail. Um, But I guess it's a bit of a sort of crossover, much like all of Batman's criminals in Arkham Asylum. This is where we go to, to find Shredder. Uh, as Batman sort of brings in his armor and Shredder makes mention of how he's been been waiting for this. Uh, so that's a pretty cool ending to this issue. It's not no massive reveal, but the idea of having Batman team up with Shredder is a pretty cool premise in itself. So that leads us to issue six, the, the climax of this uh, series. I actually thought this was the quickest read of all of them. I think I made mention in the last podcast that these the first three issues went... Uh, so I digested them very quickly. They felt short, probably because they're filled with so many ads. I actually thought issues 5 and 6... Uh, sorry, 4, 5, and 6 had a bit more dialogue and a bit more... St- I don't want to say more story going on. Probably just a bit more dialogue. Uh, I guess because Bane... Uh, tends to go on a bit with his diatribes. So, yeah, I thought this issue was j- definitely the the quickest of, of these three. Uh, not that there's a bad thing. Um, I do feel it wraps up quite abruptly. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll guess I'll mention that as we get to the end. But um, the final issue, uh, which, again, I wanted to mention, this has a really cool cover, this final issue. It's sort of... Batman and um, his crew with the the turtle group just all sort of perched atop the Statue of Liberty, which I just thought was a cool image. That probably made a a pretty sick poster to hang on the wall. Um, But yeah, so we get Bane is surveying uh, from his throne in the head of the Statue of Liberty. He's surveying his new kingdom as all these civilians are sort of flooding to Liberty Island. Uh, where he's, you know, going to tempt them to be powerful like he is by juicing them up, getting them all steroided up with the venom. Um, which point Donnie approaches, we see him on the turtle blimp. Uh, he's set upon by the elite guard, who were the ones who actually defeated him in the first issue and sort of, uh, I guess, made him doubt himself. Well, they did make him doubt himself. Um, at which point he baits them into destroying the blimp, to, uh, which we find out is the blimp itself is containing all this anti-venom gas, which is now settling upon the island. Um, so yeah, a cool bit of bait and switch here, a cool way of, I guess, dispersing or dispelling the gas upon them. I, I thought it was cool also to see the blimp. You don't, I don't even know if we've seen the blimp, in the current IDW series, maybe not, maybe we have. Um, but yeah, uh, the Statue of Liberty where Bane is sitting in his throne that I mentioned. We sort of get Batman, tracks him down. Um, Bane comments, you know, I thought you would have been here sooner. And so Batman steps out of the dark to reveal that he's flanked by Splinter and the newly released Shredder. Which is pretty cool scene to see. I guess weird in this because in this uh, iteration of the Turtles and Shredder, Shredder has been a bit more ruthless. So to see him and Splinter on the same side is 
is quite surreal, but it's it's I thought it's cool. It leads to some cool scenes with them fighting. Um, at this point, we get the turtles arrive onto the scene in the party wagon. Something cool that was just a little bit of, bit of um, I guess, uh, homage to the original uh, series opening sequence with the turtles being propelled out of the, the party wagon. But this time, they've got Batman and, uh, sorry, Robin and that in tow. I just thought it was cool. We even get with uh, the next scene is April looking at them in the the, the van's side mirror, much like in the original opener. I just thought it was cool to, to see that chucked in there. It didn't need to be, but it's just a little Easter egg for, for Turtle fans. And it's cool to see both the blimp and the party wagon utilized here. Um, yeah, I just thought that was cool. They didn't need to chuck it in, but I thought it was cool. Um, Turtles and Batman are then uh, busy fighting... Sorry. The Turtles and Robin and Nightwing and that are busy fighting with the Foot Clan and that on the ground uh, on Liberty Island. And they sort of commenting about the use of these taser guns, which they're using to sort of take out the vast number of enemies here. uh, And sort of mention how Donnie's intellect is really helping out with uh, being able to take the team down, uh, take the bad guys down. And again, just feeding into this, to the storyline about how Donnie can serve a lot more use or, you know, be very, uh, have a strong impact on the team, not physically, but with his, with his mind. Um, while this battle's happening, uh, April and Casey again in the citizens to safety, um, Shredder and Splinter and Batman are getting the best of Bane. Sort of kick him out of the, of the statue. He lands on the ground and sort of in a bloodied bit of a mess in front of all his, his foot army. And sort of Bebop and that sort of comment, like, make comments about, oh, you know, he's, he's not looking too good there. Um, Shredder then steps forward and basically makes a declaration much like Bane has done to the foot throughout this, uh, sort of just uh, demanding that those who are loyal to him need to come back uh, to his side and they need to do so by following Karai. Um, At which point, basically everyone but Rocksteady and Bebop leaves Bane's side. And that leads to the final uh, stand, which is... Bane and Rocksteady and Bebop as they get into a big brouhaha with the turtles and Donnie utilizes this souped up tranquilizer gun which is calibrated to take down Bane and kind of an anticlimactic um, way of defeating Bane but I guess it makes sense you're not going to beat him up Um, and with the whole arc of Donnie using his mind that's what he uses to defeat uh, Bane here. And as I mentioned just before, the issue wraps up really abruptly. We get sort of most of the issue is essentially just a big climactic fight scene. And then the last couple of pages wraps up really quickly. Um, Like straight after Bane's defeated, Shredder uh, agrees to go back into prison. And they sort of question how they got Shredder to, you know, agree to go back to prison 
And he reveals um, that Shredder has more, you know, he's has some honor, and that he agreed to help Batman if Batman would face him in a rematch one on one. Which they sort of show one panel of them fighting. I didn't. It's not clear, at least to me. Maybe I'm I'm not being using all my cognitive ability here. I assume they did fight and Batman won and that's why he helped him. But I didn't think it was overtly clear. Um, Yeah, and then we get the closure on Donnie's whole story arc by Batman telling him, you know, he's, he's much stronger after this ordeal than he was before and that he knows where his true strengths lie and it's not in the physical, it's what he brings to the team. Uh, with his, his his intelligence. Overall, I don't dislike the arc of one of the Turtles questioning their abilities. Um, I just think it could have been done more effectively in the sense that Don completely undersold his ability for the, for the whole... Um, I mean, I, I guess I don't know entirely if this... These two crossovers are looked at being their own universe aside from IDW. The way I looked at them looked at them is that they were an offshoot of the IDW ongoing series. Um, which, if I'm not, please correct me. Um, and if that's the case, we've seen Donnie, you know, take down bad guys before. But he sort of made mention during his roided out fight with Batman and Leo earlier in issue 5 that basically if it wasn't for his brothers bailing them out he wouldn't have any success in beating bad guys which I don't think is true. I like to think that all the turtles are formidable. They may have varying skills in which they're good at but I just thought it undersold Donnie's ability and made him sound quite physically pathetic. Um, I think he could have definitely said, hey, I'm not the most skilled of the brothers. I, Or not that he's the, not the most skilled, but like physically I'm not as gifted as my brothers are. Um, and so he could have doubted himself in that way or you know, had something happen where his... His intelligence didn't quite pay off, and then he didn't have his uh, the physical ability to to overcome, and that's what made him question himself. I yeah, I just feel they made him come off as a bit of a whinger. Um, but overall, it leads to the better you know the reinforcement of his character, and I guess the overall message is that it's not all about strength and physicality. Um, you can defeat an opponent by outsmarting them and you know outstrategizing them. So all in all, I I like the arc. I just don't like the way the arc was pulled off. And again, I think they underutilized the the parallels between Bane's character and Raphael's character. I thought that would have led to a cool sort of um, exchange, except for the page or two that we got originally and just overall it they tr- obviously crammed in a bunch of cameras we get uh characters we get batgirl and nightwing and stuff like that um also i, I made mention earlier we get this 
uh, return to normalcy with the dynamic between Robin and and Raphael, where sort of Raphael pats uh, Damien on the head and sort of you know says good going or thanks or whatever he says and and Damien shrugs it off saying no we're not going to have a moment here uh, get your ugly misshapen hand off me so I, I thought that was a funny return to their dynamic of being this bickering couple um, yeah but overall Leonardo, Raphael uh, and Mikey didn't really get a whole lot of meat in this storyline as it was essentially just focused on Donatello which I thought was a bit of a shame but as the issue wraps up uh, the like I said, it's in the last page or two. They sort of just they disappear, and then that's the end of the issue. Uh, Batman and Co. take Bane back through the portal. Uh, Donatello returns to his room that night and finds a note from Batman, which is his Robin training protocol notes. Uh, and Batman's left him a note saying to to help him further his his abilities. Um, and then it ends with the. Uh, I guess foreshadowing saying the end for now. So I'm assuming we're going to get another crossover. I don't know at which point. Um, I would, I mean, I'd like to see another one. I did enjoy this crossover. I didn't enjoy it as much as the original. I'm wondering if it's just a bit of uh, a let, I don't want to say a letdown, but it's coming off the back of, having we hadn't had a crossover when the first one came out so it was something cool it was something new it was cool to see these characters to interact for the first time the story wasn't the be all and end all um so now this time we're getting what we've already seen just with different characters and being the story is not you know, it's not amazing that that's sort of what's letting it down a bit. I think if they do another one, I'd really like to see them, I guess, up the ante with regards to the stakes and just develop the characters a bit more. They don't need to bring in everybody. They could just have, you know, like the Riddler come in and play mind games with everyone or something like that and then just flesh out the, the arcs for the characters a bit more. Maybe have, I don't know, Robin's you know, kidnapped and then Batman has to come to the Turtles for help or something. Not that you don't want to discredit either the Turtles or Batman. I know it's a really fine balancing act because you got uh, DC. They obviously want to protect their characters and IDW is looking to protect the Turtles. They want to make both sides look strong. So you got to... There's a balancing act on how they can go with the stories. But I definitely would like to see... Um, Maybe, a, yeah, like a less is more sort of approach. Less characters and then just try and... I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a writer, so I may be just saying th- stuff that sounds like it's easy, but it's it's probably hard. I don't know how long they work on this proje- project for writing-wise, but, I mean, what was this, 12 months? Maybe, was it two years since the last one came out? It's got to be 12 months at least. This is how bloody bad my brain is at the moment with how behind I am. Um, It's probably two years. I would guess it's probably two years since the last crossover happened. So the thing I haven't seen from this crossover, I haven't seen reprints. The first few issues from the first crossover, there was a second and third uh, printings uh, for the issues, which 
generally if they're reprinting issues, that means that they're selling really awesomely. Um, I didn't see reprints come out for this, so it leads me to believe that it's not selling as well as the original crossover, which could bode uh, poorly for them getting a third crossover. But, I mean, I'm not that into it. I used to, at one point in time, I used to look into sales figures for issues, but... um, I'm sure they're double dipping. They're getting like Batman fans and Turtle fans both picking it up. So it's probably still doing good numbers and we'll probably see uh, see another crossover at what point. I don't know. I don't know if we'll see another one of the Batman uh, animated series and Turtles Adventures crossover. Spe- especially now that the, the 2012 series is finished and Amazing Adventures has finished. Maybe we'll get a Batman animated series and Rise of the TMNT crossover. That could be an idea. Who knows? Um, but yeah, all in all, I yeah I enjoyed it. it. wasn't as good as the first one, but I am keen to see more. Um, what I'm keen to do is get back into the season five. I just had the DVD rock up, so it's really pathetic that I've that we've had time for. Season 7 of the 2012 TV series to come out on DVD and I still haven't watched it. That's really slacking on my half, uh, on my behalf. I've got half of that season to watch till that's done. I'll watch that um, in the next month or two and do an issue on that. Uh, an episode of the podcast covering that. And then I'm going to get back onto the IDW series, which I've probably been saying that for the last couple of uh, episodes, but... It's definitely on my agenda. I'm hoping the technical issues halfway through the episode didn't sort of affect the overall flow, but um, I'm going to go away for my holiday now. I'm really looking forward to it. Going to recharge the batteries and come back full strength, ready to do more Ninja Turtle podcasting goodness. As always, thanks anybody who takes the time to listen, to download, to comment, to tweet. Just any form of support, no matter how little, I really appreciate it. It gives me sort of, you know, it's always a boost to the morale and it's always another sort of uh, kick in the butt that I need to keep producing this content. Uh, like I said, whether there's one person listening or there's a million, I'm, I do it because I love t- talking turtles. I don't have people out there... Um, in my regular day life that can talk to turtles on this sort of level. Some people may know what's going on, but they don't sort of want to get into the minutiae of it. So it gives me a good outlet to, to cover something that I love and something that I've loved since I was... Before I can remember, before I was three years old, I've been in love with the turtle franchise and I doubt that will ever change. So maybe in 50 years when we're talking about the 60th turtle movie and I'm an old man um there's still maybe podcasts will still be happening hopefully I'll still be chatting about it then but as always guys thanks very much and cowabunga <laughs>